Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the FPL Context Podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. Can't believe we're in double digits already, Greg. We're already at number 10 for podcasts. It's gone quick. It doesn't feel like number 10, to be honest. Um, so it's been going well so far. Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly has. And we get to celebrate breaking the double digit mark with both getting over 90 points. Absolutely love to see it, boys. <laughs> so I got 95 points and you got 90. Yeah. So you got to be loving that. Shows actually what we know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, finally, come through some sort of good score. I mean, I was hoping for the 100 mark, but maybe I was being a bit overambitious. I thought the 100 mark was in sight, um, but not quite there. Not quite there. Um, especially because yeah, I had Kane as captain and he'd obviously got two goals and assist within the first 20 minutes. And I was like, this is going to be an absolute field day. But. He hit the post and obviously didn't get that extra bit, but absolutely buzzing with that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was absolutely painful watching Harry Kane. As someone who doesn't own him, I just thought, this guy's going to score five goals here at this rate. Yeah. And what's crazy is, we'll talk about Kane in more detail, but out of Spurs' goals scored this season, he's got 77% goal involvement, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, his statistics so far this season are just incredible. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, because I said we've had such a good week, let's talk about our team. So I've got no problem in going first with my 9-5-95. So just to read out my team. So I've got Martinez, who's got got nine points, bit of bonus and a clean sheet. I've got Sace, who's got a clean sheet and a bit of bonus. Ailing only got one, but I still was quite happy with his attacking output. Uh, Robertson, he got an assist. A uh, bit of bonus there too. Fernandez, that could have been a 20-point haul. I know he missed the penalty, he had a goal disallowed, but he got 11 points. Havertz brought him in for KDB. He got a goal, seven points for him. Salah, Mr. Consistent, seven points for him. Sushek only got one point, but how, how the fuck did he not get that goal? Like, it literally, he was on the end of all the crosses. It just it just didn't come out for him. I'm just, I know that that, that big haul's coming for him. I'm just waiting. And then Calvert-Lewin's carrying on his streak. He's got six points there. Jimenez got eight points. God knows how. Uh, Deflected goal. Probably should have been sent off. But he's come away with eight points. And I absolutely love that. And then the big man, Harry Kane, with the big C on him. 32 points. So, all in all, 95 points. Absolutely buzzing with that. Yeah, I mean, incredible score. Was it only two players didn't get any returns for you, was it? Yeah, only two players. So Ailing and uh, Sushek were the only players to not get a return for me. Fantastic game week. Yeah. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit glad that Sushek didn't score because he was so involved. And I know, and obviously West Ham, the incredible comeback, they got three. I thought he was going to be involved, but you see the amount of shots he's having, the amount of times he's getting into the box. He is, like Jose said, the new Fellaini for Moyes. It's just a matter of time. So I'm happy we're keeping him for the moment. But yeah, absolutely buzzing with that. So why don't you tell the listeners how you got your 90 points then? So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll notice a few differences between my team and yours where I gained some points and maybe lost some points elsewhere. So I don't have Kane. So I know you gained a lot of points through Kane. Whereas I have Werner, who got me my point haul. Um, he got 16 points as well. Finally, he got a return. So I'm buzzing with that. 
Um, but yeah, I go for my team. So I uh, Martinez and goal, same as you. And then Sace again, very disappointed that Sace's goal got disallowed. Um, rightly so, but it was harsh considering it was an unbelievable finish. Um, yeah. Arnold blanking again, which is a bit of a disappointment to be honest. You're looking at getting rid of him now. Obviously the Van Dyke injury, eight months. It looks uh, those clean sheets are going to be drying up and his attacking output doesn't seem to be there at the moment. So are you thinking about getting an exit strategy for him? Yeah, so I've got an extra strategy in, in mind, but it's more to accommodate someone coming in rather than me feeling like Trent needs to go. I feel like I really want Kane and I'm going to leave it one more week in terms of racking up the free transfers, but I think Arnold is a good way to get to Kane. Yeah. So that is my current plan. But for next game week, he's staying in and hopefully he can get a return. So um, anyway, I've got a Taylor as well in my back three. He got five point. He got the yellow card, unfortunately, but he got the clean sheet. So very happy with that. And then um, the other Spurs star, Hyungman Son, um, absolutely smashed it again. Um, yeah, he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, I saw uh, the the team of the season so far and Spurs, uh, Son and Kane, their miles above everyone else in terms of overall points. Yeah, well, I think Son's easily going to beat his highest point scoring season. Like, I think uh, his highest points total, he got 12 goals and eight assists. And I think he's already got seven goals. So it's just that he's going to ease, he's going to absolutely smash through that this season. Yeah, I mean, if they keep up this form, they could be getting some huge numbers this season. Um, but anyway, I had Salah as my captain. So in the grand scheme of things, I had a lot of players that got more points than Salah. So you could argue it's a bit disappointing, but I'm just, to be honest, I'm just glad that I didn't blank. Like as long as my captain doesn't blank, I'm pretty happy in general. Yeah. Um, and then I had Philip Foden. Absolute lag, getting me the six points this game. I feel like watching the game, he had maybe two good chances where he could have scored. And I think personally, he should have done better. But it looks promising he's in those sorts of positions. And I know he was rested midweek, so I'm hoping another regular starting spot for this weekend. Um, and with Aguero getting back, maybe fully fit, hopefully more chances to be created. We'll see. Um, and De Bruyne. But uh, anyway, I got Fernandez as well. Good point haul in the end. I'll take it. And yeah, finally, I've got Calvert-Lewin up front, which is obvious choice. Another goal, so buzzing with that. And then I've got Ollie Watkins, which, to be honest, he, he blanked and I was pretty disappointed. I thought he never really looked like scoring and he didn't really obviously he was never going to recreate what he did against Liverpool but I was kind of disappointed that his form didn't really seem to carry on into that game he looked pretty quiet I like the I like the look of Watkins I think um they got Leeds tomorrow and uh with Calvin Phillips missing I think uh, there's definitely a chance for him to haul tomorrow so yeah I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too worried about Watkins and to be honest I'm looking at going Jimenez to Watkins after the next two games for Jimenez. So, yeah, I like the look of Watkins. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be one to watch. I mean, at the end of the day, he's cheap. But I would say, if I isolated last week's performance and ignored Liverpool's one, I'd say he didn't pass the eye test for me. So, we'll see how he goes on against Liverpool, uh, Leeds, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so just a quick thing before we go into the game week six fixtures. Um, we... I looked a little bit into the, how not playing 
the chip and playing the wild card performed against each other. So if you didn't play a wild card, the average was 56 points. Whereas if you did play the wild card, the average was 72 points. So it was a real win for the wild carders this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. I guess all the players that people want had really good weeks. Yeah, so the people who had moved to Son from uh, KDB obviously had a big return there. And the people who had moved to Kane obviously had a big return there. So if you did wildcard last week, you've done it in the right week and well done. Like, really good stuff there. Um, another thing what surprised me, so if we quickly move on to the first game of game week six which is Aston Villa versus Leeds tomorrow. We've got, I looked at the, the most owned, the most popular goalkeepers owned by the top 10K players. And it's Martinez, 18%, and Ryan, 14%, as the two highest in the top 10K, which really surprised me because obviously Martinez has been absolutely tearing it up. Uh, bonus points, clean sheets, and he's currently not, in the most popular goalkeeper zone by the top 10k. Very surprising. I guess uh, maybe not enough people have got him in the team yet. I guess the price rises might be scaring people off a little bit now. People that don't already have him. Uh, he's up to 4.8 now, so he's almost reaching the five mark. No, Maybe no longer as cheap an option as before. Yeah, I know I, I know for myself, I always want to play pay the absolute minimum for a goalkeeper. But... If you look at, so I looked at some couple of stats and um, Ryan's got a 33% save ratio uh, compared to Martinez's, which is over 80%, which just shows not only is the clean sheets seemingly better for Villa as they've got a stronger defence, but also it looks like those save bonus points are really going to bank up for Martinez and he might be the new Pope from last season. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm just looking at his last two games here and he made five saves in his last game and then six in the one before. So that is, if he carries on that sort of form, he's going to rack up the save points. Yeah, and he's already saved the penalty. So he's obviously, I don't know if that's a one-off, but if he can, also, if he's also very good um, penalty saver with the, the amount of penalties that we can expect from VAR, like he's going to be a brilliant option for this uh, for the season. He's, he's going to be well up there for the top points, uh, goal-scoring keepers. Yeah, I think he's probably going to smash his previous season scores with his best season before this being 33. <laughs> yeah, well, he did play match, did he? <laughs> He'll probably beat that in the first six weeks. <laughs> he's already beaten 2018 score of zero. So, yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's going to... I don't think like the statement of Martinez is going to have his best ever se- season doesn't mean too much. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's obviously really um, quite surprising. But Villa's defence looks a great way in at the moment. He'd like to concert and I've seen Mings has gone up. Um, but also Matt Target, 4.5, he's on set pieces. So if you don't have a Villa option yet and you don't want to pay those price-rise players, then look at Matt Target because he's not the most inspiring option, but he is on set pieces. So he could be a good way to get into that defence. Yeah, 100%. He was taking all the free kicks. Um, so definitely another way into the Aston Villa defence. Yeah, and then we look at Leeds. So Leeds, they lost 1-0 to Wolves 
Um, they're a bit unlucky. They played really well in the first half, but they're. I feel like um, Bamford's early start is going to wane a little bit now because quality tells and I just don't think he's got it. I think he's very much a championship player. But I'm sure that'll bite me in the arse when he scores that trick against Villa. But um, what I think is the most impressive thing is their energy and the likes of Ailing and Dallas are so advanced as fullbacks, even though they've not kept many clean sheets yet, I'm still, as a 4.5 option, I still feel encouraged to have one of those two. Yeah, I mean, watching Ailing for me uh, in the game against Wolves, he was playing like a right winger a lot of the time, to be honest. He was so far forward. I think he will get points through that. I think Leeds were so intense in the first half. Maybe they were a victim of their own intensity in terms of the second half. They dropped off a bit. Uh, yeah, we're being honest, like Jimenez's goal was so so lucky. It was it was to be honest, it was a shit shot. And he got and he got to a big deflection, and what else can you do? But um, yeah, I thought they made Wolves look very ordinary. But like I said, I just think they lack a little bit of cutting edge up front. I know they've brought in that Rafinha, but Bamford to me, he's very much just he reminds me of Shane Long. He'll get a couple of goals, but he ain't that good. Yeah, I see where you're coming from in terms of he's not maybe not the best quality in the world, but I have I've been impressed by him this season so far, to be fair, because I thought the same at the start. I thought he's no good, but the more I've watched him, the more I think this guy can get points. Like I thought he was unlucky to not get a return against Wolves. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I think like shit can can like float for a while, but eventually it sink, and that is what I think of Bamford. I mean, I can't. I don't really know <laughs> that analogy. <laughs> I, I don't really know where to go with that. So, um, yeah, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bamford. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. What I think with Villa is Leeds are going to give them the runaround for the first 60 minutes, but I think Villa are going to be solid and the likes of um, Bamford, I'm not sure he's got the quality to get through there. So I think Villa clean sheet could be on the cards. And another thing, which is obviously come out of the Calvin Phillips injury, is that they're now striker if I've said that right, probably said that completely wrong. He's four point. He's a 4.0 defender, Greg, who's going to be playing that position and playing as a defensive midfielder instead of Phillips for hopefully the next four to five games while he's out. So it reminds me very much of Lundstrom last year. So if you, haven't, if you are playing your wildcard, guys, look at Stroik um from Leeds and get him on your bench or get him playing because he'll be playing defensive midfield and you never know. There's you could get a couple of assists. He might be it might be slightly more advanced. So keep an eye out on that. Yeah, he's a good option. I think uh if definitely if you're on a wild card then four point uh four mil option you can't really go wrong to be honest. No, no, for sure. Would you predict for that game like would you think uh Villa leads score wise? I think Villa uh, look good defensively to me, so I can't see Leeds getting too many, but I also think Leeds um, will dominate a lot of the ball, even though I think Aston Villa's midfield is good. I think the way Leeds play, they will try and um, try and dominate the game. So I, I'm going to go 1-0, I think. Okay. I, I can't see... I don't think Leeds are going to score, so I'm going to go... I think I'll go 2-0. Um, and if you're, a, if you're a Watkins owner or a Guri to owner, I'd be... Fairly confident there'll be a return coming. Okay, 
So let's move on to West Ham versus Man City, the early game on Saturday. Now, West Ham, obviously, great comeback against um, against Tottenham. They won, they've beaten Wolves, they've beaten Leicester, they look really impressive. Ben Rama's come in. Um, it's going to be a tough game for City, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it'll be a tough game. West Ham looked very good this season. Uh, obviously, the first 15 minutes of Spurs was pretty grim viewing for them, but after that, they really uh, did well to stay in the game. And then, I don't know about the last 10 minutes, it was just sort of thing that you only see once, so I don't really know how much to read into it. But West Ham have shown this season that their results, that they can, they can give good teams good games. So, this will definitely not be a walkover for City. Um and I even think West Ham options are good for this game as well. I think that West Ham will get a couple of goals. Yeah, I think West Ham will score. Um, West Ham have got the third best attack in the league in terms of XG non-penalty, which shows how impressive they've been con- considering how high quality opposition they've been playing. So if you do have West Ham attackers, I'd definitely be playing them. If you've got a Sushek, I'd definitely be playing him. So... Yeah, definitely can see them scoring at least one against City. Um, Because City looked really shaky against Porto last night. I know Porto are a different side in terms of quality, but West Ham have been brilliant so far. Um, And I think, obviously, there's some pictures today that KDB is back in training. Um, It looks likely he'll probably play now. Uh, So Sterling's got a really good record against West Ham, especially away. He had a great se- uh, a great season away from away from the Etihad last year in terms of goals scored. So I think Sterling's going to be a good option for that game and obviously Aguero. Yeah, so I think you've got three great options there and Royna, Aguero and Sterling. I feel like they could all get returns. I do agree. Uh, Sterling did have a very good record against West Ham last season. Remember, early on in the season, last season, he got a big haul um, against them. So maybe... Could be seeing a repeat of that. Um, I think it's hard to know with C options which one's going to perform the best. So I think if you have any of those three, I think you can be pretty confident. Yeah, I've really, I've really got my eye on some assets from West Ham. Um, so Ben Rama has come priced in at six mil, and Bowen also at six point three, who's looked really good, really impressive. He's one of those players where he doesn't do anything outstanding, but he does everything good. Um, And he's obviously, he scored a couple already. And after game week eight, uh, at game week eight, sorry, Fulham, they play Fulham and then they go on a really good run of fixtures. And I'm definitely looking at bringing either Bowen or Ben Rama or Antonio into my team for that run. Yeah, I think I'm definitely still looking at Aaron Creswell at the back, to be honest. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, he has a great delivery on him. And I mean, we're talking about uh, Antonio and Susha getting on the end of the crosses. Like, sure, there's going to be some assists coming, surely. Yeah, and to be honest, if I told you that West Ham would have the third best attack in the league, stats-wise, with those fixtures at the start, you would have probably tell me to, to fuck off because literally... There was no way. Like everyone thought they were going to be like in the relegation zone. They re- to be fair to old Gollum, he's done really well, hasn't he? Yeah, fair play to him. I thought when they were three 0 down to Spurs, I was like, you probably should have stayed at home to be honest. But uh, they turned it around. So uh, yeah, fair play yeah. to that lad. Well, I reckon half time Moisey was thinking, bloody hell! I wish I used that Zoom link. But 
But it's turned out. He, uh, I loved his little celebration at the end. It was like, it was like he got the ring back. So um, he was absolutely buzzing about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, incredible performance by them. And obviously that tweet went what went viral. Uh, we bring on Bale, you bring on Lanzini, and Lanzini just slaps it in the top corner. So um, absolutely love that. Yeah, I love to see that. Um, one more note on City, I guess, for that game. I think Foden should be getting the game time for this one because he rest, he was rested in midweek. So hopefully any Foden owners out there, uh, you could be pretty confident that he's going to play. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I guess what would be interesting also is that Aguero took the penalty last night. KDB comes back, he's on penalties. What happens there? Yeah, That's obviously before the season. Aguero was injured, so we weren't too sure. But we'll probably know decisively if a penalty comes up, who's going to be taking them long term then. Yeah. So you keep an eye out on that. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Aguero quickly? Obviously, with Jesus injured, it looks like it's going to have a clear run at it for a while. But since he's come back, he doesn't look fit to me. And um, I don't know if I can trust him to stay fit, especially when he's around the same price bracket as Kane. So it's a really tough one, but the fixtures get really good when Tottenham's get difficult. So it might be a straight move there, but Aguero's got to prove a little bit to me, I think, fitness-wise over the next couple of games to show me that he's worth removing Kane for. Yeah, same, I agree. I think uh, I want to see a bit of Aguero first before thinking about putting him in. Um, I guess if you want to get ahead of the curve, bringing in Aguero now might be a good move, but I just don't know about his fitness. And I think even at this point, like I don't know if he'll be able to play 90 minutes consistently. I think Pep will find a way to rotate him, even without Jesus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He'll probably, he'll probably start playing Foden at number nine or do something ridiculous and have Cancelo playing left wing, knowing Pep. But, well, he can always, he can always, he can always go back to Fraudiola, can't he? Um, but... Oh, bloody hell, do we want to talk about this game? Right. Fulham versus Palace, right? So basically pub team versus pub team. Um, Palace and Palace. Let me give you a stat about Palace, right? Yeah. Palace were at home against Brighton at the weekend. Yeah. Do you want to know what their XG was for that game? Oh, I think I know. Is it zero? It was zero. <laughs> they had one shot, which was a penalty, and they were at home against Brighton. So, if you ever wanted a stat to show you just how crap uh, Roy Hodgson's side is attacking at home, that shows it there. So, really, like, it just shows they've got the third worst attack in the league, um, Crystal Palace, in terms of lowest XG across all the games, and then Fulham atop. So, if there's ever a game that shouts nil-nil at you, it is that game. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, um, I just, I just, as you say, I think uh, Palace just don't have much in them, and I feel like they're a one-goal team as well. If they go one-nil up, they're probably just going to stick to that. I mean, I know they beat Man United three-one a few weeks ago, but Man United are total crap. So I think that's nothing to go by. Well, they were in that game at least. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what's interesting though? What? You look at those attacking stats and if you look at the top 10K, uh, the fifth most popular pl- player in midfield owned by the top 10K is Zaha. Yeah, I think uh, definitely the main thing about it is if 
if Palace score, you can pretty much expect it'll be Zaha. Uh, and he's on pens and he's pretty cheap player. So I can understand why people would have him. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be amazed if that doesn't change soon because, like I said, you got if you've got a team with XG0, it isn't saying that you want an asset from them, is it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, know, I don't want to sit on the fence. Like, If I was to say whether I want him or not, I'd say I don't want him. I think there's definitely better options. Yeah, I think maybe this game's so difficult to talk about because it's the most boring thing ever, uh, talking about this game. But Van Arnold coming back from injury will be an interesting one. If Mitchell kept his place and Van Arnold goes to left wing, that will obviously be, make him a really good option at 5.5 in defence. So I keep an eye out on that. I keep an eye out on if Mitchell is actually going to keep his place. I don't think he is, but that will obviously give us an indication of what's going to happen between him and Van Arnold. And then if there's one thing I guess I can say about Fulham is Lookman, the signing from Leipzig, looks a good player. Uh, obviously scored the weekend so if you're looking for a fuller asset I've got no idea why you would do that but if you were then Lookman is probably the person to go for yeah I think that or Mitrovic to be honest I feel like Mitrovic if Fulham are going to score is is most likely going to be Mitrovic yeah but they're just not going to score like no <laughs> so, so guys just don't go there just don't go to Fulham yeah um, there's nothing there for you uh then the big game of the weekend, Man United against Chelsea. Now, United were very impressive against PSG. They racked up the goals against Newcastle, even though a bit late. Um, Rashford looks bang in form again with Martial out, suspended. Looks like Rashford is going to play up front, most likely. And the fact that Rashford's got five goals against Chelsea in his career, which is more than any team he's played against. So Rashford at 9.5, he's starting to look a really good option. Yeah, the more I've watched him, the more I've been impressed with him. I think he's really looking dangerous in a lot of games. I feel like uh, in midweek against PSG, he got the goal at the end. Absolute hero, but he probably could have scored more, to be honest. And I think uh, he's he's just looking very dangerous and... I think um, Bruno is the one that stands out for me at United. I think he creates everything. But I do think Rashford has a bit of a cutting edge at the moment and it looks like he's going to score more goals. Yeah, certainly. If you don't have the money for Bruno, then definitely Rashford is definitely a viable person to bring in, especially with Martial uh, not to play the next two through suspension. So you can expect him to play be playing up top. He's got a great record against Chelsea. Chelsea are going to play quite a high line. Yeah. Um, I, I know people talking about Silver, uh, Thiago Silver had a good game for Chelsea against Sevilla, but realistically, his 37-year-old legs aren't going to be able to deal with Rashford's pace. So, um, Mendy's kept two clean sheets for Chelsea, but I just think that there's going to be goals in this game. And like I think Rashford's definitely a great option. Bruno, like you said, he's um, he's got he scored against Newcastle, he got an assist against Newcastle, but he had a goal disallowed, he had the penalty miss. Uh, he obviously scored again midweek. Uh, he's in every game week. He's returned a set for the game week one. Um, so, yeah, Bruno showing his consistency. And if you do have him, then he's, he's, he's very much in line to get another return, I think. He's just so consistent. Yeah, I mean, this is just a hunch. There's nothing behind this. But I, I just feel like United are going to get a penalty against Chelsea. And I know uh, 
if anyone was doubting uh, who's taking penalties for United, I know Solskjaer said in his interview the other day that Bruno is going to continue taking them because he wants to take them. And that's coming from the manager's mouth. So I think you can be fairly confident if you're a Bruno owner that Bruno will continue to take penalties. Another thing. Yeah. Another thing and also the fact he missed one midweek and he still went, nah, I'm still taking it. Yeah. And I don't think this row of penalties, I know he scored after that, but I don't think this run of maybe some poor penalties will last, I think. He'll get back to scoring ways, and he won't. He won't continue missing them. And yeah, the only thing I'd say is obviously Telles Telles came in. He looked very impressive yeah. uh, at left wing back. He had great corners on him, brilliant crosses. Yeah. Maguire comes back. That'll be getting on. Uh, he'll be a real threat from those because I've never. I don't think I've seen anyone hit the ball with such. He's just hitting it with such pace into the box. It's really going to be an absolute nightmare for defenders to be able to defend that whip. Um, and if he's taking corners off Bruno and maybe the odd free kick, then that le- lessens Bruno's appeal slightly in terms of set pieces. Yeah, I think slightly, but I'm not going to lie. United don't score many set pieces. They don't really score any corners ever. I, mean, I know Maguire scored a header recently, but... It really is a rare occurrence, so I don't think yeah. that really takes much away from Bruno. Um, yeah, Maguire's got a head like a hexagon. Like it just hits the side and flies off in any different direction and usually not on goal. So Yeah, it's, he's got like a Toblerone. Like you just don't, you don't know where to go. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think that lessens Bruno. I think if anyone owns Greenwood, I know there's been a bit of news recently that Greenwood's uh, uh, caused a bit of unhappiness within United for being a bit lazy and stuff, so... Who knows if there's any truth in that, but I would maybe have a bit of caution right now. He might not be playing for a little while. So yeah. that'll be one that'll be one to watch. That'll be one to watch. Yeah. Um we'll look a little bit at Chelsea. So Werner got his two goals and assist against Southampton. Yeah. Um was it just that Southampton are the perfect team with a high line, or is it the turn of form for Werner? Um I can't work out if it was the latter or not. I feel like United will play a highish line, so it will suit him. But I just think Southampton were the absolute perfect team for him. And he didn't look too impressive to me in the second half. Uh, I know he got the assist. But I'm still yet to be convinced by him. Uh, But I think if, if United play Maguire, I'd be happy as a Werner owner. But if I see Tu and Zabi uh, lining up, he'll be able to match him for pace. Tu and Zabi was absolutely fantastic for United midweek. And he's actually 4.5 million. So if he does get a starting spot in United's defence, then he could be a really good option if United shore up at the back at 4.5. Yeah. But what do you think of Werner against United? It's, it's a tricky one. So... The thing is, you can take United against Spurs and say Werner's going to have an absolute field day, but then you can take United against PSG and say United will keep him out. So it's really hard to know what United defence will show up, which makes it hard to predict how Werner will do. Um, I think I fancy Werner to to get a goal if United are playing a pretty high line and if Maguire starts, I think Werner will get chances. I do know what you mean. Werner, definitely the perfect team to play against for Werner at Southampton due to their high line. But he's not going to score two goals and assist every week. So even like a one-goal return this week would be a pretty decent return. So um, I fancy him to get some sort of return. And the thing is, Pulisic back, Ziyech back, Havertz back. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's going to take a little while for them to mould in. Uh, they didn't look particularly inspiring against Sevilla, um, but obviously Pulisic needs a bit more time. Uh, with Rodriguez being injured for Everton, Pulisic could be maybe the go-to. But yeah, I'm not too convinced yet. I'm not sure whether um, Werner's going to be the next Klinsman in the Premier League or he's going to be the next German Shane Long. So we'll see We'll see what we get. But uh, um, yeah, I think there's going to be goals in that game. So don't expect any clean sheets. And I think the likes of Rashford, Bruno, Werner, Pulisic are probably the most likely to return. You agree? Yeah, with Havertz in the mix as well for me. Okay. Then let's move on to Liverpool, Sheffield United. Now, Liverpool is going to be the place where most of us are going to captain. Um, Salah. Sheffield United, O'Connell, it's been announced that he's injured for the season. They've lost Henderson. Yeah. They look very poor at the moment and they potentially look like they're going to become one of the whipping boys. Uh, And they, they look like it's going to be hard for them to stay up this year. Can you see anything but a Liverpool big win? There's no, there's no denying that Sheffield United have started the season really badly. But if you look at the amount of goals they've conceded, they haven't really conceded many goals. They conceded two against Wolves, one against Villa, one against Leeds, two against Arsenal, and then one against Fulham. I know Liverpool are a bit of a different beast in terms of attack, but it's not like Sheffield United are leaking loads of goals. So mm. I don't know um, if... Like you can take previous games and be that promised by it, but I think Liverpool will get goals just because of how good they are attacking wise. Um, my captain is on Salah. I think Salah will do well. So I don't really know uh, what much else to say. I just think Salah on pens. I think Liverpool will obviously create chances against Sheffield United because I think Sheffield United will be one of the worst teams in the league this season, even though they haven't conceded that many goals. Yeah, and Salah's hauled three times out of the five games. He's got the best mins per shot. It just it just screams to me. Ramsdale's in goal. He's um, basically Pickford's worst brother. And can you imagine how bad that is? Uh, so, yeah, I really can't see anything but a big win for Liverpool here. And I think Sheffield United have got... They look so blunt up front. And I can't see them scoring. So, I think if you've got those Liverpool defenders... And you're thinking about moving them out after the Van Dyke. I'd wait wait a week and let this game go because I don't think Sheffield United are going to score. And I think it's going to be quite a few goals in this game. I'm looking at 3-4-0. So as a Salah captain, I'm really hoping for the best. Yeah, uh, yeah I think there's a couple more things uh, maybe we should discuss about Liverpool. Firstly, the more I've watched Liverpool, the more I think Robertson is a better option than Trent. It looks that way. He looks more advanced. He looks more advanced this year. It seems to me like Trent, a lot of the time he tucks in on the right and then Robertson goes all the way out on the left, very high up the pitch and get those those low drill uh, crosses into the middle. Whereas Trent kind of tucks in with the defence a little bit. I rarely see him overlap it. He does do it sometimes, but it seems like Robertson's doing it every single time. Yeah, and I don't know what the numbers are, but it just it feels like Trent's definitely crossing less this year. He's not getting as wide. Um which is significantly affecting the chances of him getting assists. So yeah, I've, at the moment I've I've already done that. I've got I've I've got Robertson. Um, I moved Trent out. I've got Robertson. I'm happy with that. Uh, and I just don't. I would definitely look at the downgrade if I was in a wild card. I'd definitely be moving from Trent to Robertson. 
Yeah, no, I am. Um... People need to remember also, Robertson's best ever season FPL-wise was better than Trent's. Yeah, Robertson, um, yeah, I know last season Trent really dominated, but I think Robertson, uh, previous seasons, it's not like he's always getting dominated by Trent. Robertson could easily compete with him. I think the reason Trent maybe shows extra value is the fact that Trent takes free kicks. So I, you expect goals from that at some point because he should have scored some already unless for a few great saves. I know Pickford made some great saves against Liverpool. Yeah, I guess one of the things is Robertson's appeal a little bit was he was taking some corners. Yeah, Can't see Liverpool scoring as much with Van Dijk injured. Yeah, 100%. I think Van Dijk was the real dominating figure for Liverpool in the corners. So that will that'll probably take away from both Trent and Robbo uh, if if they're taking corners from each side. Um, I don't know, this might be a bit mental, but could you argue a case of captaining Trent or Robertson? in this game week. I mean, I playing Sheffield United, you feel like you could almost guarantee a clean sheet and then attacking returns on top of that. Mm, I think it's very left field. I just think the, the I just think the absolute banker is Salah. He, you can, you just feel like you can trust him, especially at home and his ceiling for points is a lot higher than those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't like, I would prefer to play it more attacking. i I never put a captaincy on a defender. I always feel like I want to go for the attacker. Yeah. So it's the decision for me is Salah and Kane. We'll get on to Kane in a minute, but yeah, uh, that's the big decision. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, and just one more thing about Liverpool. Obviously, Mane, in terms of XG, like non-penalty, is better than Salah. Uh, he is all the stats suggest he's going to have his best of a season. He's come off with an ice knee. Why are people? Why are more people not moving to Mane? Why is Mane not going to be the captain this this weekend? The big captain. Well, I think it's due to Salah being on penalties. I think that's the main reason everyone's gone for Salah. I feel like people were just uh, resting on that sort of certainty behind him, and I think uh, probably the fact they're also priced the same, isn't it? It's like a straight decision between the two. Yeah, it's pretty much like one or the other, unless you you're literally going for both, which I I'm not sure about, but. Um, I, yeah, I just think that the penalty really pushes Salah above him just. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to Sunday's game. So then we've got Southampton-Everton. Now, Everton, obviously, the informed team, top of the league. Yeah. They've got some injuries, though. Yeah. So they've got... James is injured. Yeah. Uh, uh, Seamus Coleman's injured. Yeah. And then Richarlison is suspended. Yeah. So how is that going to f- affect Calvert-Lewin? Um, because obviously everyone, 55% owned. Like if I said to you at the start of the season, Calvert-Lewin would be 55% owned after five game weeks, you'd have laughed, wouldn't you? Yeah, I probably would have, to be honest. Uh, I just, he's had a great start to the season, hasn't he? but like, who would have expected it? I think going into this game, I actually think Calvert-Lewin will struggle against Southampton. I think Southampton's high line won't suit Calvert-Lewin. He's not really the sort of player that makes darting runs in behind. He likes to hold up the ball, play it off maybe. I don't know. Um, I just think Southampton will defend well against them. Yeah, I think, just quickly on Calvert-Lewin, do you think he's a season keeper? Can you imagine moving him out? Right now, yeah. I think uh, if he continues to form his show at the start of the season, then he can stay throughout the season. Unless he does have a drastic dip in form, then I'd think about removing. But for now, he's not He's not one I'd consider taking out. Yeah, especially with 
the supply line from James, Dinier, Richarlison. I just think Everton are going to be a, a really good side this year. And I've got him at seven. So I just can't ever see him, m- myself finding a way to move him out. But obviously he might get injured. He might have a big loss of form. But at the moment, he just looks the real deal. I actually think he will score against Southampton. Um, I think Dinier will play more advanced. Uh, I think he'll take more advantage of the the wings and you'll see because without Hammers, I don't think they're going to be able to play through the centre as much. No. So I think they'll play a bit more of a wider game and try and put the ball in for Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. I think the Corey will probably play a little bit more advanced, break through the lines and I just back any striker who's got a little bit of pace and strength to, to score against Southampton and get in behind. Um, so... I I do fancy him to get another goal and carry on the carry, carry on his trend. But if you've got Rodriguez, he's injured. He looks like he's injured. Uh, Ancelotti said that he might. He thinks he is, but I don't know whether he's left that door open. Would you just keep James and see what happens for next week, or would you consider, or would you move him out now? No, I reckon keep. I think hundred percent keep. I think. Uh... The way Ancelotti's worded it, I think it'll probably just be one game week. Um, who knows, though? It might be more, but from what I've seen, it'll only be one. And I'm guessing people that have him, unless you just brought him in, you've probably got a good few price rises on him. And you don't really want to lose that if he's only out for one game week. He's not the most expensive player in the game either, so it's not like you're putting loads and loads of money on your bench. I think um, I think you've just got to keep him for one game week right out. Yeah. I'd definitely be confident as a Dinier owner for this. I don't think I can't see Everton getting a clean sheet because obviously the Ings factor and Southampton are good at home attacking wise and Pickford's in goal. Um but I still I still think there's quite a lot of assist potential for Dinier there. What about Southampton? Do you expect obviously Everton have been brilliant defensively, but I've just spoke there about Ings, Che Adams. Do you what kind of result do you expect from this game? Tough question. I think, I think, I think this would be a really tough game for Everton. If I'm honest, I think it might be a draw. I think yeah. with the injuries Everton are carrying, that definitely won't help. And I think Southampton will score goals. I think Ings, uh, I'd fancy him to get a goal. I'm not going to lie, despite Everton being strong at the back. Um, so I don't know. It's a tough game to call. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to say Southampton are going to win this game. Yeah. Um, you can keep me to that, guys. I think Southampton will win that game. If you're a Danny Ings owner, I'd be fairly confident. Um, Shall we move on to Wolves-Newcastle? Now, let me tell you something about Wolves-Newcastle. So, in terms of defence, the worst defences in terms of uh, XG for goals conceded non-pen, Wolves are top of having the worst defence and Newcastle are the second worst. Sorry, West Brom are the worst, then Wolves and Newcastle are next. Now, you wouldn't expect that when Wolves have kept quite a few clean sheets, would you? No, yeah, I'm actually really surprised by that. And the funny thing is, uh, Sace, uh, the Wolves defender, he's the top scoring defender in the whole game. So you would have thought he's in a very strong defensive side, but going by that, maybe not. Yeah, and I don't really understand how that works, (laughs) to be honest. But it's... I think it's the amount of the amount of chances they're conceding. Yeah, and there's been a lot of turmoil 
at wall at walls at the back. They've lost Doherty. Um and now Sace is being moved around. They've obviously Kilman's come in. Everyone's talking about Kilman 4.1. Um the thing about Kilman is people bringing him in is the question I always ask myself about players like if they play their best team, will Kilman play? And the answer is no. Sace will come in and Marcel will go to left wing back. So it's for me, it's just a matter of time before Kilman's out of the team. Yeah. He's a good bench option, but I wouldn't be if I I wouldn't be playing him as a starter and not having anything on the bench to replace him with. Yeah, I think you can't rely on him to play. I mean, uh, if you want to take a risk and have some sort of backup, then I rate it. But I think if you're relying on him, then you're playing a risky game. Yeah, and I just I actually think this game's going to be really quite tight because both teams aren't attacking particularly well. Wolves didn't look great against Leeds, but Newcastle looked really poor against Man United. So as a Jimenez owner, I'm definitely going to stay to stay stay with him for another week. Um, another thing that's surprising is at the top 10K uh, managers, Callum Wilson's 31% owned. He's the third highest um, owned striker by top 10K managers. Yeah, surprising stat. I think uh, in terms of all the budget options, Wilson's up there. I mean, he's on pens and uh, he can score goals. So I can understand in terms of budget options, but, I, uh, but Newcastle look blunt and they look really poor against United. I watched the game and they just never really seemed like they were creating much. Yeah, it looks like if St. Maximum doesn't do a run, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, 100%. That's exactly what I think. I think anything uh, that looked slightly exciting came through St. Maximum. So yeah, I'd agree. I think I'm going to go. I think Wolves will win this game to nil. Um, so as a say so, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident about this game. Yeah, I, I was about to say. I think Sace um, looks very good option at the moment. I think uh, he looked. He should have got a goal. Oh, wait, I mean, he did get a goal, but it got disallowed. And I think West uh, Wolves, sorry, have a good clean seat potential. So uh, good option. And then we've got the, the later evening game uh, on the Sunday is Arsenal versus Leicester. Now, Arsenal aren't really scoring many goals and Aubameyang's really been disappointing as a, an option so far for me. Um, the only shining light if you've got Arsenal attackers for me is Sionchu from Leicester is injured uh, for a couple of months. So that makes them a lot weaker at the back. They've looked very susceptible. Obviously, they let a couple quite a few goals in against uh, West Ham. And if I'm a James Justin owner, I'm going to be looking to jump ship fairly soon, I think, because I just don't see that, sol- uh, that solid back line without Sioncho in there. Yeah, Wes Morgan's not going to be able to provide that. Uh, yeah. He was good for the title win, but he's, he's passed it now. Yeah. But if I look at Arsenal's attack, I just can't pick out a single option. Um, Pepe... Inconsistent, too expensive. Don't know if he's going to play. Aubameyang, too wide, too much money. Lacazette, is he going to start? When he does start, it doesn't look that inspiring, but he does score the odd goal. Saka, is he going to start every game? Don't know if I can trust him. If he does start every game, he's a good option, but I don't know if I can trust that he will. So there's not really anyone there from the Arsenal side who I think I can I can play them. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably just go out and say right now, I don't think there's any good Arsenal options in attack. I just don't think any of them are worth getting in. So I'd avoid if I was a FPL manager. 
which I yeah, no, I agree. The only thing I'd say from a Leicester point of view, Jamie Vardy got an incredible record against Arsenal. So if Jamie Vardy's fit and you've got him in your team, I wouldn't be too worried. Yeah, I agree. Okay, then Monday, we've got Brighton versus West Brom. Now, the funniest thing about this game is it's on box office. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll definitely be uh, uh, getting the £15 out from under my pillow to pay for this one. I'm joking, guys. I'm definitely not flipping paying for this game. <laughs> like, literally, I think I'd rather go down the local field and watch one of the d- local dogs take a shit against the bush than pay 15 quid for that. I think I should be paid 15 quid to watch that. Um, I think simply Brighton are going to win this game. Uh, West Brom, they're, they're, they're not good. They're, they're not good at all. They're rubbish. Um, they brought in Grant. Like He's not going to score many goals in the league, is he? They're going to struggle to stay up. Um, Pereira and Dean Garner, obviously they've got some good talent, but I can't see too much happening there. Um, they've got the worst defence in the league, West Brom. Brighton have been good going forward. If you're a Lamptey owner, I'd be I'd be pretty confident. If you're um, a Ryan owner, I'd be pretty confident. If you're a Mopay owner, I'd be pretty confident. West Brom aren't a good side. Yeah, I've got uh, Lamptey starting for me this weekend, and I'm very confident um, he'll get some sort of return. West Brom in three of their five games so far this season, they haven't scored. So, um, and going off of that. Brighton in their last game against Palace. I know Palace scored the penalty, but their XG was zero, so it might show that Brighton would be able to keep out a team like West Brom. So, okay. Yeah, Brighton's XG for goals conceded is actually very good. Uh, they've got one of the best defences in the league. It's just um, Ryan has been, his save percentage has been low, and also that penalty they let against Palace was never a penalty. So they've been slightly unlucky on the penalty front too. But yeah, um, I'd, if you've got Brighton defence, guys, I'd be pretty confident. Yeah, and I think specifically with Terry Lamont, he still looks like he's getting forward a lot, so maybe some attacking returns as well could be expected. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the last game is Burnley-Spurs. Now, this is the big one for me because it's really difficult to choose between Kane, Son and Salah as captain at the moment. And like I said, Kane's just in an incredible form. He's got 70% goal involvement for Spurs. He's he's creating a chance every 34 minutes. Uh, he's shot to goal conversions at 20%. Everything's screaming Kane's in incredible form. Um, Bale will probably play. Yeah. Most likely play. And with Son, there's m- the chances of being able to put them behind. The only problem is Burnley are going to play very deep. So that ball in behind for Son is just not going to be on, I don't think. Nah. So if I'm a Son owner, I'd be slightly more worried than if I was a Kane owner for this game. Yeah, I think I've watched Burnley a few times this season. I haven't been impressed for their defence. I think Spurs will get goals. I do know what you mean. I don't know if that running behind will be one of their outlets of getting these goals. Um, So maybe that deteriorates Son and Bale as an option. Um, I personally, if I had Kane, I would probably captain him in this game week over Salah. Really? I think Salah, Kane, sorry, Kane's just on such incredible form at the moment. And Burnley do not look good defensively this season. So I think it's another game where Kane could be getting a big haul. Mm. Well, 
you might change your mind slightly. So XG for goals conceded, Burnley have got the third best defence in the league. That's what the stats are saying. And if you, you've got Spurs defence, uh, Burnley got second worst attack in the league uh, yeah. behind Fulham. So if you've got regularly on and people like that, I'd be pretty confident. Yeah. The only thing with Kane for me is um, Salah is just so consistent. Yeah. And Kane last year burnt me a couple of times. And yes, he's in amazing form. And I think he's going to be really good away from home. But I think Burnley are going to play really deep. And if you look at the, te- the, the times where they've scored big points, Spurs, Man United played a high line. They were getting cut through. Southampton, they played a high line. They got cut through. Uh, West Ham, the first goal was ball over the top. Um, between the defenders, Son runs in, goal. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. But I do think he's going to score and it's really difficult. But I just feel like I could trust Salah just a tiny bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean in terms of the high line. I think maybe that will squander Kane's assist potential a little bit. But I think uh, Kane's goals so far this season haven't really been of the benefit of a high line. He's been playing quite deep anyway. So, it's not really been... Um, much of him running in behind, so I think in terms of goals, I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty damn sure he's going to score one, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to help. I'm going to keep going with Salah. Salah's going to be the guy. But going back to the Spurs, obviously Bale came on for a little while. Uh, he should have scored. Yeah. There's the Europa League tonight. He might play in that to build up his fitness. Yeah. Uh, would you be looking at bringing him in yet? Or is there no point when you've got some cheaper? There's currently no point when you have got some cheaper for me. I think uh, Son's just too good an option to think about Bale right now. But Bale's one to watch, isn't he? I mean, if he can replicate any sort of form he did before he left the Premier League, then he's going to be a great option at 9.5 because it's pretty cheap, um, really. So... It'll be one to watch, especially tonight in the Europa. If he plays, that'll be one to watch. And um, Yeah, I've got to admit, I'll be worried if I see Kane on the team sheet tonight. Yeah, same. I think uh, I think the same with Don. I don't want uh, their game their game time to be squandered, considering they play. Um, to be fair, they played the game on the Monday, so they have an extra day's rest. It's not a Thursday-Sunday situation. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit better. They are playing Alask, though, who are basically a bunch of farmers so you don't need to play your best team yeah um quickly looking at Burnley there's not a lot much to say there Nick Pope doesn't look the same goalkeeper this year they've been really hurt by injuries I can't see many goals out of them for this game can you no I think uh I don't think they'll score okay all right so that's those games uh the fixtures looked at I think uh, just quickly, I think Spurs will win that game. Uh, I'm going 2-0. I think Spurs will win that 2-0. Um, so let's go on to our differential picks. So for me, I've got a certain Sergio Aguero. To, under 2% owned, away at West Ham. Early game on Saturday. Brilliant option, brilliant differential. Uh, he looks like he could be on penalties. Uh, it's currently 4-2 overall. I'm leading 4-2 overall. We both, we drew at the weekend. Um, but you got anything better than Sergio for me? So I'm gone with uh, 
a certain Welshman who goes by the name of Gareth Bale. Oh, the Battle of the Titans. <laughs> He's 1.2% uh, like owned. He was a good differential way to get into this using a Spurs option because Spurs seems to be the, the team on form at the moment when it comes to attacking assets. So if um, I think if Bale blends into that Son-Kane partnership, then um, he's got great potential. Yeah, I like that. Battle of the Titans. Back of the, uh, you've got the old veteran in Aguero and you've got the return in Gareth Bale. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, that could be a movie. That could be. Yeah, I was about to say, this, this could be one that would be talked about for years, this. Yeah. Both end on one point. <laughs> <laughs> Four years later, everyone will be talking about the time that Bale and Aguero faced off in the Steve versus Greg podcast. Yeah. And they both didn't do anything. <laughs> Um, and then you're going to be making. You got any transfers planned this weekend, or are you going to roll that transfer? I'm going to roll the transfer this week. I want two for next week, so I have the, uh, a bit more flexibility because Kane's the one on my, my watch list at the moment, and I want the two free transfers to try and shift my team a little bit to be able to fit him in because he's actually quite a hard player to fit in at the moment um, due to the fact that the, he's pretty more he's more expensive than pretty much all the other strikers except for Aguero, so it's hard to get him in. Well, he might be near 11 mil by the time you get him in. Yeah, I am worried about the price rises, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I know I can. Aff- I know a few ways I can afford him, even if there is a price rise. So I'm kind of just um, maybe accepting defeat in terms of a 0.1 loss. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm also rolling a transfer. I'm looking at Aguero with a lot of intrigue to see maybe I might move down a midfielder. Or I might move down Robertson and bring in and bring in Aguero. So for Jimenez, but we'll see. We'll have a look at that uh, later date. But that's what I'm looking at at the moment. Um, right. Well, good luck, everyone. Remember, the deadline is tomorrow at six thirty p.m. on a Friday. So do not miss it. And uh, thanks for listening. And you'll hear from us next week. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Um, yeah. I'll see you next week. Hopefully, you will have good game weeks. Yeah, good luck, everyone.